Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective. We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week. I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer from a long line of medicine women and men. I have a master's of science in herbal medicine, best-selling author of witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, and founder of Plant Coven. And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of occult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap, college-educated holistic health practitioner, and lifelong witch. Welcome to the fourth episode of Elder Hour, guys. Today, we're going to talk about every witch's favorite herb, belladonna. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to say on this topic. It weaves in and out of witch folklore, so... We're just going to jump right into it. So Belladonna is Atropa Belladonna. That's the mm-hmm. Latin name. Um, it gets its name from Atropos, the Greek, one of the three fates in Greek mythology known for cutting the thread of life. So that just sets the precedent. For Belladonna, for, for sure. For Belladonna. Mm-hmm. Belladonna's going to cut your life short. It does. Um, Literally. It is also known as Banewort, Black Cherry, Deadly Nightshade, mm-hmm. Death's Herb, Devil's Cherries, that's my personal fave, um, Dwale, Dwaleberry, mm. Dwayberry, Fair Lady, Great Moral, Naughty Man's Cherries. Naughty Man's Cherry, that's a new one. Sorcerer's Berry, and Witch's Berry. It's feminine in nature, and it's our first plant on the podcast ruled by the planet Saturn. Yes, it is. And element water. Yes. And also, um, if you know anything about Saturn, Saturn will fuck your whole shit up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's why everybody's so afraid of their Saturn return. I have one coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to check my chart because I know it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. Because I need that in my life right now. Sure. So I want to go into a little bit about um, where the plant is from. So it is native to wooded and waste areas in central and southern Eurasia. It grows about four to five feet tall, and it's really easy to grow. It kind of grows like not as out of control as weeds, but it does grow yeah. robust um and there's a lot of things that you need to know before dabbling with this plant if you even want to dabble with it at all um it does have tall and dull green leaves it's violet or greenish flowers there are people who post on social media a lot saying that they have belladonna and they don't actually have belladonna there's one that looks similar to it mm-hmm. and it's not the same plant it? but it's equally um poisonous I don't know what the name is. <laughs> um, you know what I love about Belladonna is that it does grow in like wastelands and yes, um, like Creepy. industrial. It's like the ghost Pokemon it. of the plant world. <laughs> like it, like if it was a Pokemon, it would be like a poison ghost type Pokemon just because of where you find it. That's so creepy. It is in the creepiest areas. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) Also, it does have uh, sweet, shiny black berries um, about the size of cherries. So that's how you know you have the belladonna. 
because the other plant that I'm talking about, I will actually reference it and put it in the blog post. Mm -hmm. Um, Side to side pictures and the name of the other plant. That one has red. Yeah. And this one's black. Yeah, you know what? I did read this interesting story about this lady, definitely a witch, um, who was making pies every year out of belladonna berries. And she somehow only got sick after the like third year of making belladonna pies. What? What do you mean? Like after the third year of eating them? Yeah. She she had a like a poisonous effect in the third on the third time she made a pie out of these berries. She probably put a lot more. Yeah, they grew in her yard, mm. and she made a pie. I wonder if she had, if there's a difference between when it grows and seasons, but there's nothing really um, that proves that. I think there is, actually. I think that um, they're supposed to be picked at a certain time of year because the poison comes from the roots. Oh, yeah. Anything on the plant, basically, so yeah. I do on here before anything else, I said it's important to, for you to know what you're doing and have a trusted source when dealing with belladonna. In fact, it is important to us to say that those who choose to grow or use belladonna should not do it so casually without education. You should not grow belladonna if you are new to herbalism, mm-hmm. um, if you have children or pets. Especially if you have children or pets. If your plants would be easily accessible to um, neighbors, children, local pets. Mm -hmm. If you're careless about labeling, (laughs) that's awful, labeling and storing your herbs. um, Because it could be absorbed through the skin and through very small cuts. Mm -hmm. So always wear gloves and even then just don't touch it at all. I know it's, you know, all the witches want one because it's cool, whatnot. And I've seen shops actually selling it, which... I yeah. don't know how that's well okay. So if it's if you buy it um from a shop and and I know this from like, you know, um our our time in the oddities oh, yes. market and stuff like that is uh like poisonous substance substances are usually oddities items. Mm-hmm. And that's really how they should be kept in my opinion. But okay. So it is um let me it's also known as Dwali. In Old English, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. How I pronounce it is not important. <laughs> um, it means dwell, because Belladonna is known to make people dwell in a trance. So that's one of the meanings behind the folk names. Yeah, and in, by some accounts, they say that Belladonna was sacred to Bellona, mm-hmm. um, the g- Roman goddess of war. So this may be another possible root of the plant's name. Priests of Bellona would drink a belladonna infusion before prayers and meditation, and this is where they got their visions. But from us now, we would know it wasn't really visions. There were probably hallucinations. Yeah. So who knows what kind of information (laughs) they probably gave the poor woman. Um, also by other accounts, it was sacred to Circe and Enchantress. Um, we know her as the goddess of magic, who is widely known for, ex- for her expertise in potions and herbs. Um, she's actually only one that I will maybe put on my altar when mm-hmm. I'm doing magical workings because I'm not into, you know, goddesses and gods yeah. other than my culture, but she's the only one I would actually, um, try to connect to because I do work a lot with potions and herbs and she's been making a lot of pop culture appearances lately her image is really beautiful as well it's one of my favorite paintings oh yeah yeah when she's outside with a stick 
I, actually, the one I have is her sitting right here on oh, the no. chair. I'm thinking of the wrong, the wrong painting. <laughs> That's Hecate. Oh, yeah. He- I know which one you're yeah. talking about, Hecate. But she's the daughter of Hecate. You said, yeah, that she is the daughter mm-hmm. of Hecate. So I have Cersei offering the cup to uh, Odysseus. Yes, I love that painting, too. So this one, I will... By the way, anything that we reference, like recipes, um, paintings, all of that is going to be on the blog. So make sure to go to our website and subscribe. And anytime we do an episode, we'll ship out um, the information, the extra content and things like that. So mm-hmm. you guys have everything. Um, also, in Christian folklore, and if you want to go into yeah, that, the devil loved Belladonna so much, he would guard it for most of the year. And they say that the only safe time to harvest or kill the plant without enduring his wrath was a May Eve. Yeah, and I think that is also because of the poison, like, uh, and it it speaks to the harvesting of the plant. Yes. If you harvest it early, it's not as poisonous as if you harvest it late in the season. Um, don't quote me on that. No, <laughs> I think that's in- why. Interesting love. Anywhere we were just speaking about this, wherever there's plant fo- folklore, there's mm-hmm. something about witches. And I find it interesting because normally witches are attracted to plants, and yeah. here they are know, saying like that the opposite to ward them off. It's so, also rumored to be trimmed by the devil every night. Really? I, which I just just like a really funny. I just imagine him out there with like it's hilarious scissors. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why? On, snip, Why would snip, he trim snip. it? I don't know. Where did that come from? Yes. It's his personal hobby, you know, it's gardening so the belladonna of the wastelands. So you know how it says that um, he would guard it most of the year? Mm-hmm. You know where he would go? Where? To, he'll go, he'll be called away for the witch's sabbats. Huh. That's the only time he wouldn't be near it, but which the, I found like, okay, they're using that anyway. All the time. So it's also um, supposedly the notorious Shakespearean Eye of Newt. Yes. Yes, it is. I didn't even write that in my notes. So we do have um, accounts. I know a lot of you are probably like, talk about the witch's flying ointment. Mm -hmm. So um, you actually have recipes that you're going to share. Yeah, we'll we'll share those in the practical application section. Mm -hmm, Yes. (laughs) So ancient shamans and witches use it to induce trans state and astral projection which is a whole different type of flying mm-hmm. witches flying ointment is a hallucinogenic ointment said to have been used by witches in the practice of european witchcraft from at least an early from at least as early modern period um okay and we'll have like detailed yeah uh, recipe for it it ties into the lore also of witches actually flying on a broom. And I have a painting here, which I'm going to share with you guys, which is witches flying to the Sabbath. Capriccio, number 68, Linda Maestra, Pretty Teacher, by Francisco Goya. Mm -hmm. So in the painting itself, look, it has witches flying on a broom. Oh, yeah. I particularly like the owl on the right because owls are representations of visions and quest. And occult knowledge. Yes. So he added it in there. Yeah. But in order for the witches, what they would do is that they would put this ointment in their vaginal area Mm -hmm. because it seeps in a lot faster. So it was said that they would um, 
put it on the broom yep. or a stick because there is accounts that says it wasn't actually a, a broom. It was mm-hmm. a stick. And they would um, sit on the stick and, you know. Ride the broom. Ride the broom. So when people started hallucinating, the witches themselves and people who were in the room would see them actually flying. Or mm-hmm. they would feel like they were actually flying. And then this w- became a painting of the witches on the brooms. Yeah. And that's where this all started. So we're not literally flying in the bloom. Yeah. We're just flying out of our minds. I feel like there's always the one person that's like, ha, 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 do you know where that actually came from? Do you know where the witch's broom actually came I from? I love <laughs> you know? that information. <laughs> no, but it's always like some creepy dude like, oh, you know they didn't like actually fly on brooms, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, thank you. All What's the time. What's next? Yes, Are you going to ask if I know what sky clad is? You creep. <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't know that for sure. I usually go and take off on my broom. I think um I think the first time I heard about that I was like in in school. Like, I don't know. I had this one history teacher that was really into like telling the truth. So we had some really interesting info, you know. And I think when all the like preteen boys found out about that, they were like <laughs> such a little creeps (laughs) um so i also read that witches took belladonna when they were being executed to dull the pain of execution actually pain was a major part of belladonna that makes a lot of even soldiers and they would take if they knew they were dying they would take it yeah Mm -hmm. you want to talk about medicinal properties Sure. So, so belladonna has been used in natural remedies for years. However, inaccurate doses have caused severe problems, even death. Well, a lot of, of death. death, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, for example, in 2010, which wasn't even that long ago, mind you, the FDA has been cracking down on homopathic infant teething tablets in jails. Um, the product contained inaccurate doses of belladonna and gave the babies and little children serious side effects, including seizures, breathing problem, tiredness, constipation, difficulty, urinating, and of course, many deaths came about. And this scares me because my mom mm-hmm. used these tablets on us when we were little. Like you could still go to, you know, your mom and pop mm-hmm. drugstore and they'll have them there. Yeah. So now I'm on a mission. <laughs> What kind of tablets were they? The teething tablets. Uh Uh-huh. Or like the homeopathy? Yes. Yeah. Well, traditional homeopathy is not supposed to have, it's it's kind of like an energetic medicine. So in homeopathy, they take a substance and they they process it in a way that the substance like imprints on the water Mm -hmm. and it's so extremely diluted that it shouldn't be harmful if done properly if done properly right yeah but there's like it's hard to test natural medicines and assess proper dosages because the way that you treat a person is you treat a whole person you're not treating a symptom so um the process in which you would assess these things or even create laws and protocol around them is kind of difficult it is you do have a lot of people who are practicing medicine who may not be necessarily doing the correct thing Mm-mm. for people. And that trickles down to even just using 
uh, even using like, for example, the overuse of like, you know, melatonin. Mm-hmm. It's just people, there's no protocol. So people are just kind of going willy nilly. Yeah. And that's what happens when I had the apothecary November Sage. We were so crazy about making sure dosages were correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know my shit when it comes to plant and herbs. Um, and it really eats me when I would see, you know, other shops just picking up on whatever I was doing or the, a trend, mm-hmm. for instance, the flying ointment. You go on Etsy, it's all over the place. Who are these people, first of all? What is their background? Where are they getting the belladonna? How are they treating it? How much How much of the dosage goes in? Well, there's other, also, not just belladonna, but there's other... Oh, a lot more. Additionally deadly herbs that no, go of into course. a flying a lot more. too. It's just crazy. But it just goes to show that they're selling these things and people are buying them. Guys, don't buy it. Just don't do it unless you know what you're doing. You're going to do it yourself. Or if you really, really, really trust the source. Yeah. I mean, why would you put something in your body that could potentially shut your organs down, first of all, or cause damage to your organs or kill you? You can, like, definitely read the reviews, even though, even sometimes, though, you can't trust all the reviews. You can't. Because, you know, reviews can, bad reviews can be deleted or mm-hmm. um, refuted. Or you have trolls who give you bad reviews just because they want to. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just make sure it's from a trusted source. Um, if you've never heard of the company, you obviously don't want to, tr- like, Try that. And also, you don't need flying ointment. I mean, mugwort on its own does simply the same thing. Yeah. Like, just burn mugwort. Yeah. Sniff it, and you're fine. Some elder. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, we're going to go into those guys. fairyland. Yes. (laughs) You don't need things to trip out this way. Tripping Mm -hmm. out is really not even something that's um, spiritually good for you. A trip is different from you actually doing a nice journey or... Mm -hmm having control of your mind to a certain extent. So always choose something more natural, something more subtle than going for a trip because going for a trip is never good. I mean, nothing comes good out of it anyway other than vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, make sure that you are looking at the compounded effect of an herb too when taking the herb because some of them may not fuck you up the first time mm-hmm. but after a week or a month might fuck you up yes and it just look for the how it affects other things that you may be going through um for instance i can't have belladonna even if i wanted to trip out because um, my immune system um, mm-hmm. can't handle it and i because of the lupus, I naturally go into fever flares. Yeah. So put Belladonna in my body. Go ahead, and I'll probably die in an instant because my body is going to freak out not knowing what's going on. So you have to know your body. You have to know how it would affect you in other areas other than just the mind. And when you're taking herbs, you also um, need to know what they're related to. So, you know, belladonna's in the nightshade family. Mm-hmm. If you're allergic to peppers, potatoes, or tomatoes, you might have a problem with belladonna. If you have severe inflammation, 
Mm-hmm. Stay away from nightshades. Yeah. Stay away from Belladonna. Mm-hmm. So, classically, Belladonna was used for sore throats, shingles, ringworm, cancer, high fevers, inflammation, oddly enough, and ulcers. Um, it was also used as an anesthetic. Mm-hmm. The chemistry of the plant varies, as we said before. So the toxicity is unpredictable. That's kind of why people have stepped away from using this herb medicinally, too, because... It's actually, like, illegal in many countries. Yeah. I mean, there's, like... like they don't even want... It's not allowed to be grown there or anything like that. Um, to add to that, there it's also used for um, bronchial spasms. Mm-hmm. Um, I have whooping cough, cold or hay fever, um, and Parkinson's disease, um, colic, and f- what else? Yeah, also inflammatory bowel disease, which doesn't make any sense because you shouldn't be taking... Belladonna for anything inflammation. Yeah. Ooh, Bel- ooh. and suppositories for hemorrhoids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many uses. Um, so it's it has an alkaloid called atropine, which paralyzes the immune system. Yes. Um, that's what kills you. <laughs> it causes rapid heart rate, seizures, confusion, and hallucinations. Um, to recognize... The symptoms, like if you think somebody has taken, did you see this? If you think somebody has taken belladonna, um, the saying goes, if they're hot as a hair, blind as a bat, dry as a bone, red as a beet, and mad as a hatter. I read that. That's how you identify if if somebody's been poisoned by belladonna. So atropine is used for eye medication Mm. in modern day. They use that that specific alkaloid, not the whole plant. And it stems all the way back to ancient times because Belladonna translates to beautiful lady. Yes, this is I was actually looking for this part. I was like, where did I put it? Go yeah, ahead. And Rip women it. used to use Belladonna to dilate their their pupils to seem more attractive to That's suitors. Awful. It's freaking awful. It would make their eyes bigger. Doe-eyed, beautiful ladies. Fucking <laughs> who probably died. God. <laughs> Most of them had brain damage. Listen, if you do get poisoned by Belladonna, uh, fly agaric, you know the Super Mario mushrooms? Yes. They are the antidote, but they're also incredibly poisonous. They are. Too. I was just gonna say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, wait. So poison for poison? Yeah. So how would you take something that's poisonous to cure poison? Well, I guess that goes back to also the um, Samuel Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, uh, his theory of like cures like. Okay. Almost like, you know, how ADHD, you treat it with a stimulant. Mm-hmm. Same kind of theory. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just wondering how you would ingest it. I guess we'll also cite more for that particular one because I'm interested. And then I'll add it to the blog. Yeah. So um, that has to be administered very carefully, mm-hmm. too. So, you know, if you eat... Deadly nightshade. You better go find yourself an experienced herbalist. Mm. Good luck. 
So now we're going to talk about the practical applications in witchcraft as much as we don't advise it. <laughs> it's known for inducing visions. Mm-hmm. We've, we've touched on that. Um, and it's used for astral projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it's associated with Beltane. And flying ointments were used at those celebrations. Yes. So I have a classic flying ointment recipe. I did not include the amounts because I'm not going to encourage anyone to make this. Right. So traditional flying ointment recipe had bearded darnel, henbane, poison hemlock, corn poppy, bitter lettuce, purslane, and of course... Deadly Nightshade. Why would you? Why? Although, I don't know why Purslane's in there, because it's like... None of it sounds good. (laughs) Purslane is, like, not bad. (laughs) Um, And uh, for vitamins. (laughs) Um, And then... Just to make it sound a little better, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Then there's another recipe I found called Devil's Mush. This one's picked during the waning moon. It has deadly nightshade, monk's hood or wolf wolfsbane, mallow leaves, uh, henbane, black nightshade, opium poppy, poison hemlock, and black hellbore. Mm, sounds toxic. Sounds poisonous. Sounds devilish. <laughs> yeah. The crushed berries can be added to incense for prophetic purposes. I also don't know how safe that is. It's not. Literally everything about the plant like inhaling you're still inhaling it and touching it yes it's not and as we stated earlier that you know if you have small animals or children Mm -hmm. you definitely don't or like i i'm a plant fanatic of you know this Mm. i won't grow belladonna because i don't want my little squirrels in the backyard or Mm -hmm. any animals back there especially stray cats like it's not a good idea to have at all. It really isn't. Yeah. Just let it be in its ghost towns where it likes to grow it's on its own. Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> I just realized, well, I've never seen this plant in the wild. Have you ever seen it? I've in never the wild? seen it in a while. However, it does grow everywhere. Yeah. Like it's everywhere. So I've gone, I've, I go harvesting all the time, number one. I go mm-hmm. hiking, I go to mountains and woods just to find particular plants because. Yeah. Both of us are nerds. Yeah. I we have an app. Yeah. <laughs> like I have records of every plant that I found in actual real life and I've never seen Yeah, I've never seen it either. Mm-hmm. And I you know, when I was a kid, uh I used to like play with all the plants outside and including which I found out I used to play with like hemlock berries all the really? time as a kid. Yeah. I well I never like ate them or anything. But um, all kinds of different, like pokeweed. <laughs> oh no, I I remember berries were a big thing, like, mm-hmm. and I loved picking them, squishing them, mashing them, mashing up potions. Them up. Yeah, because we're little witches. Yeah, and I have no idea how we're alive. Yeah, no, I think about that. And I'm like, how the fuck am I alive? <laughs> like, I was playing with all these fucking poisonous weeds and plants. And as a matter of fact, I would find worms, mm-hmm. cut them in half. I know I'm. And I then was, so there would be two worms. There would be two worms, so I would sacrifice the back end. Oh my! <laughs> whatever God. I thought was the back end, <laughs> and smash it into the berries. I was. I don't know why. What kind of mind did I have as a child? I just feel like 
you know, maybe we were just doing real shit potions. Our ancestors were like whispering. Yeah. Do witchcraft. Yeah. Just <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> Aw, good old days. Uh, yeah. No, I feel like it comes so natural to kids, you know, like little girls just love witchcraft. It's just so on the playground. They do like, you know, my daughter makes like fairy houses and they're doing like fortune telling things mm. and like they're so witchy. They we love are crystals. we're natural that's our natural selves mm-hmm. without all of this going back even to when we're children or even back to our ancestors. This is the stuff. This is what witchcraft is. And people keep you know, they think witchcraft is like what they see on TV. It really isn't. It's natural. It's that working and connection to earth and yourself, your higher spirit. That's what magic and witchcraft is, spirituality. Yeah. It isn't something that's not attainable. Yeah. It, you know, it's just gaining a deeper understanding of the world that you live in and the plants that grow there and the things that happen. You know, it's just about like witnessing everyday life mm-hmm. instead of just walking through life thinking that everything on your phone is just reality mm-hmm. and ignoring what really is reality i mean most of the things that were discovered from any plants especially medicinal um is because our indigenous ancestors they watched nature they watched um f- uh when an animal will eat something for instance to heal itself to make itself vomit after it ate something poisonous mm-hmm. um a lot of accounts for indigenous people this is how they learned their medicine is by watching animals in nature by watching how they grew what happened what bugs and things like that were attracted to them this gets me on a really interesting topic actually speaking of poison berries and yes. things like that um one theory that i really really love is uh i don't know if any if if you read have you ever read any Terrence McKenna? No. Okay, so there's this one book that I love. It's great. It's called Food of the Gods. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, man's use of drugs mm-hmm. and uh, addictive substances or, like, mind-altering substances throughout history. One of the premise of the book is that, um, like, basically the worst drug is sugar. But... It starts out all the way back in hunter-gatherer civilization where women would be the gatherers. Mm -hmm. So they would have to communicate. And Terrence McKenna theorizes from the use of magic mushrooms and these moon festivals and also women having to communicate about what's poisonous and what's not, that that's how language was developed. Mm. You know, the men had to be more like stoic and quiet while they're hunting animals. So it'd be the women having discussions about what's poisonous, what's not, what heals what. That's interesting because even going back to my ancestors, that, that you know, mm-hmm. the women and the men both had different languages. Yeah. They had, the women had their own language amongst themselves and the men amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. So it, does tie into how our all of our indigenous ancestors all over the world yeah. 
had certain language for just the women and then just for the men. Yeah. And then one that combined them both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) We'll also cite that book. Yes. It's one of my favorite books. It's like a must read. Oh, God. I can't wait to get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we can tie this up. Belladonna. It was great. Yeah, she's beautiful, but don't fucking touch her. Leave her alone. (laughs) Leave her alone. Don't ask her to smile, Mm -mm. okay? Um, All right, well, please give us five stars or leave us a nice review if you like the podcast. And make sure to go to our website, subscribe, Mm -hmm. because we're always posting content. Yep. And um, if you want to follow us on social media, it's at Elder Hour on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can follow me at Witch Baby Soap on all of my social medias. My personal Instagram is at Stay at Home Witch. And I'm at Author Juliet Diaz with two Z's. I don't know why I added two Z's now that I think about it. Extra pizzazz. I don't know. I'll go check it out. All right. Well, thanks for exploring Belladonna with us. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.